Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents The Black Lotus Gambit, Episode 2, Train Yard Tales. Greetings, mortals. I bid you welcome to Dice and Suffering, Crime Edition. Because, you know, we've got to be specific here. This is the first, I mean, I'd call it the first official episode of our Blades in the Dark campaign because Blades in the Dark is not meant to be played with everyone all at once all the time. It is meant to be little heists and interactions between characters you might not expect to get much time to talk to each other. So I thought, hey-ho, let's begin our crime adventure of trying to... You guys picked the hardest option in the premiere and we're like you know we're gonna go it alone and piss off literally every major gang in the city damn right <laughs> when you've known us for a while now i know but like i gave you a chance and then that almost gets eaten by a door yes well that's not on our heads that's on matt's head <laughs> but i have brought two criminals with me today they've got to serve community service and by that i mean doing more crime so, Kerry, who are you? I will be playing Mariella Ruby. I'm honestly not sure how to introduce my character properly because I'm so used to doing it the D&D way. A queen. What class are you? And I am a spider. Not literally, I only have two legs. I am a two-legged bastard. I am the Red Queen and you shall fear me. Yeah, the Red Queen is going to become like a known thing in the criminal underworld here. One thing. It's like Umbrella Corporation all over again. Yeah, just don't fight zombies in high heels, please. My name's not Moira. Or Ada. <laughs> I was thinking of Moira. My bad. We all Moira. Mainly followed by what the fuck. She lives in our head room free. But Marielle is going to go on a day trip with another crime boy. Who are you, Chad? Hello, I'm Chad, and today I will be playing Crowley Strixhaven, the dishonorably discharged soldier, and I am a hound who doesn't exactly play by the hound playbook for the first episode because I tried to do everything that I wasn't good at. You tried. That is the real statement here. I believed in the heart of the die, and the heart of the die let me down. The heart of the die went, no. Because <laughs> Blades is not a forgiving system. But did you have the power of friendship behind you? Really. I didn't. We'll that that was crates. what I forgot. Let's leave it. Before we get into today's heist, there's a couple bits, a couple bits of maintenance we need to do. As a gang, Every time you take part in a heist, you get two downtime actions that you can use, which allow you to recover some of, like reduce some of the harm you've taken, reduce stress, work on a long time project, go, like maybe you want to go train your martial arts, you can go do that, or you can go get a vehicle or something. There are lots of options. They're not all instant, but it gives you a chance and any 
for example, with long-term projects and things, anything, any, those clocks are universal. So say you started a clock to find a doctor for your crew, someone else can work on that as well. Because you were in the last heist and because I, I know for a fact that currently had a rough time of it, what would you like to do with your downtime? Well, I would like to use both of my activities. One, I would like to try and recover some harm because I have level one ghost touched and I don't want to keep being touched by a ghost. It sounds, you know, provocative and not like something I'm down for. So I want to get rid of that. And then I also would like to reduce some stress because I do have four stress already after episode zero. Okay, so to reduce stress, you indulge in a vice. So every one of the characters has a vice. It can be like you go to the fight club, you go gambling, you, I don't know, attend a seance. Some of them are weird. So what is your vice of choice? Uh, the exact thing that got me kicked out of the military. I have a real bad gambling problem. So I'd like to go play some cards in one of the gambling dens. Okay, so what is your weakest quality? Crowley's not yours personally. We're not, this is a therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> uh, the thing I have the least dots in overall would be resolve. Okay, so like, how many dots do you have in that? I have one dot in resolve. These roll one die, and however many you roll, that is how many stress you burn off right. by, you know, feeding a habit. And I don't want to get over for, right? Or bad things happen. Yeah, you overindulge, and then there's problems. Come on! That's a three. That's a three. Minus three stress, so you're on one. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Which is a good level to be at. If you go above nine stress, then you're traumatized. You know, it could be really awkward, especially if you take stress from like, I don't know, reading a book. And then suddenly you're afraid of libraries. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that low then. The way healing works in Blades in the Dark is every level of harm you have has a four piece clock. And you roll, and once that clock is filled, then that piece of harm is reduced. By reduced, I mean if you've got a level two harm, say you've got, say you've got a broken rib, it's not going to immediately go away. So instead of broken rib, you've got bruised ribs now, and that would go down to level one. But if you're at level one with Mr. Ghost Touch over here, once you hit that clock, your harm is clear and. It doesn't bother you anymore. All right. Uh, well, then I would like to start my healing clock for Ghost Touch. Do you have a touch. special ability? I do not. You guys don't have a doctor in the group. You have a crappy first aid kit in the corner. So roll 1d6. Tell me what you got. That's a two. You get one segment of this healing clock. Ooh. I was really afraid I wasn't going to get any. All right. Just an FYI, if you get injured again, if you take any harm in this upcoming heist, that clock is reset. 
Yeah, so, I know. I know damage is a bad thing here. Damage bad. Level four harm is just death. If you get up to that point, because harm stacks. So if you get up to that point, you're fucked. Mariel, is there anything you want to do with your time? You don't really have very much stress or harm, so you're welcome to like start a project or I don't know, go get something special. Probably honestly just use this downtime and be kind of lazy with it. Mariel is just sitting around with like big rollers in her hair or something. Okay, I'm gonna say you're basically just kind of chilling in the the workshop you guys have set up as a base. Yeah, you. It's kind of gross in here. Yeah, I have a feeling because it's gross in there, you would take a bit of time to kind of clean up slightly. Yeah. So, because the group has, I have it marked here. I, the group has cat. They don't have a cat. Oh. Got excited for a moment there. That's one of our long-term goals right now. We got fix yeah. up place, make friends, and supply line. Are our three big goals right now. Bonus goal, we get a cat. That's clearly involved in fixing up the place, obviously. No, but there's a long-term goal of fixing up the place. Matt's character, Blake, did suggest that maybe you could set up some kind of front to get income and also to hide the fact that you're basically using the back room as a criminal den. I want to say something, but it's going to come out really bitchy about professors and bright ideas. I like that one, though. <laughs> so I'm going to say that is an eight segment plot because this place is you know the whole front room is basically a, kind of a smoking husk but the back room's fairly good so what would this be it's probably something to do with finesse so if you have any dots and anything in finesse you're welcome to convince me you can roll it I apparently have one dot in finesse have any dots in yeah do you have any dots in finesse prowl skirmish or wreck apparently according to the sheet i have one dot it doesn't okay. show up at all well the way i'm That's holding fine. the sheet to the camera just roll 1d6 oh that is a four that's two segments of the plot Sweet. we have you know you basically, you clean out the back room. You basically look at it, go, ew. Roll up the sleeves and just kind of yeet everything into a trash pile for someone else to deal with. This area now sparkles with cleanliness, sort of. This area gleams slightly menacingly. <laughs> you are uncomfortable. How lovely. Uh, your sec, you can do something with your second downtown action if you want. Your options are you can acquire an asset. So if you want to go get if you want to go get like a special item that you think you might want, if you want to go get a vehicle, you can start a long-term project that maybe your character's invested in. I don't think there's anything else I need to do. I have one stress thing colored in, but now that I've heard about overindulging. I'm frightened to roll for anything. You can also train. Okay. Training is an option that if you dedicate downtime to it, you mark one XP. There's a little XP mark on your character sheet. 
of leveling up, essentially. I can't read. <laughs> Don't worry, he didn't know. <laughs> I am carried, I never learned to read, apparently. That sign can't stop me, I can't read. I'll mark it down somewhere on the sheet. And then in a few sessions be like, what is this? Who am I? How did I get here? Oh, it's playbook in the top right. Oh, that's very oddly marked. Yeah. Basically, when you upgrade yourself, essentially, you can get another ability. Oh, cool. Or you can add, like, you can, I think you get two dots to play with. So you can improve yourself. You know, to I'm a point. I'm always time for self-improvement. <laughs> yeah, so technically, like you guys will I'll give you guys XP depending on how you approach a heist and things. Because I meant to give it to you if you do it like according to your character. Oh PS, so that is why. I knew there was a reason last time I went so off the rails, but my character only gains XP if through violence or tracking. Are my two main triggers. I wouldn't. I'd argue neither of your things are violent. From last time, I tried to knock those guys' heads together. You clapped. <laughs> I tried. You clapped at them while the rest of us were just mildly confused. No, but that is downtime. You will get you get one downtime activity for heists you don't take part in. So, for example, at time of recording, the next heist, as it were, will be Alex and Matt. So you'll both get one downtime to use between that. Basically, I'll keep track of how many you have and I'll just be like, you have this many, go. And as we go, you're going to have to manage them a bit more. Makes sense. Because, you know, it be very stressed and very injured. So do I have time to train then, as it were? Yep, so you get to mark one little bit. Cool. Color that one. Everyone's kind of been in and out of the workshop, essentially. Kind of helping with cleaning up, looking over the documents you got from the warehouse that contain all the roots that you could get Black Lotus in. Hoxley's been by a few times to try and just kind of to update you on how the system works and on whether the hive is suspicious of you. At the moment, they're not. Well done. Slash the oh. hive. You didn't hit anything of the hives that was enough interest for them to take notice. So the gang is on neutral ground with the hive right now. And you know, if you get on too bad a ground, you're going to start a gang war. Write that down. Hive currently neutral. Don't start gang war. Start gang war. No, yeah, no. <laughs> no gong of... wars. No war. You two have... I don't know how you two have ended up being the only ones in right now. Maybe the others had things to do. Maybe you all got too annoyed and had to wait 10 minutes for Blake to get out of earshot before you could leave. The front of house doesn't really have a door. It kind of has the remains of a door frame that is quite singed. You guys are in the back room, which has like functioning walls, which is nice. Though it is bloody cold. And you're looking over these papers and you've kind of, you've hidden away the coin. 
partly to keep it safe and partly to keep Riley from nicking it. God knows what old sticky fingers will do. But you hear like her. I know you're in here. Oh, for heaven's sakes. We'll pull one of my pistols out. I won't, like, aim it at anyone, but I'll have it in my lap and ready. Are either of you going to answer the door? <laughs> or are you just going to sit here? <laughs> Fine. And I will go over and answer the door, opening it only a little. In front of you are two big, heavy set guys, shaved heads, tattoo on the cheek, very, like, scarred in fairly roughed up gear, like you can see kind of blood stains and things on it. It's they're fighters, they're brawlers more than anything. Or to use the terms of this, they're cutters. And they kind of, they look and then they look at you and then they kind of look again because they're like, whoa, not what I expected to see. Jesus. Can we help you, gentlemen? You, you Oxley's crew. And who's asking? The lamp blacks. Old Baz wants to talk to you lot. Razco Baz is the leader of the lamp blacks. He is a very powerful, seemingly nice man who's been on top for a long time. So, you know, he's not there for no reason. Open the door a bit wider. Well, if you're hoping to talk to all of us, you're a little out of luck. And turns to his friend, who hasn't said anything yet, and is like, What do you think? Well, the boss just wanted to talk and specify all of them. Well, are you two the ones in charge? I suppose so, as of this moment. Alright, then you two, you're coming with us. Baz wants to chat. Oh, okay then. Probably he'll stand up, keeping the pistol now just in his hand before reholstering it. Well, I suppose there's no harm in a meeting. Eyes the gun. Don't try anything funny. I will not try anything funny as long as you don't try anything funny. This way. They kind of awkwardly wait for you to lock up. Ah yes, we lock up our door frames so it doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) Shut the door to the back room then you're like, well, I can't lock up the rest of this. Puts a padlock on the door frame. Put the sign up back in 20. 20 what? 20 what? That's the best part, you don't specify. You're kind of led through Crow's Foot. And it's barely, I mean, it's Crow's Foot, it's low level crime. There's always a couple people being mugged, there's always people gang members wandering around with knives there's usual people hawking their wares, people trying to go from A to B without getting harassed and the smog that's in the air is it's basically, you can taste it all the time in crow's foot it lingers on the ground you go about the middle of crow's foot, you guys are based fairly up north you get to the middle, which is known lamp black territory, and you're led into an old coal warehouse. Now, the lamp blacks originated as a lamplighters guild, so they basically owned the whole coal industry, any gas, anything that would fuel those lights. 
So that's where they operate out of, though they obviously turned to crime once everything was powered by Leviathan blood. Because, you know, can't really light any lamps if they never turn off. Kind of the two generic grunts lead you into this place and you look up because like the foreman watching over his workers, you see a very, he's a fairly portly guy, but he's very much like, you know, there's a whole bunch of muscle under there. He's got short cropped hair. It's kind of a dirty blonde, like coal dust is kind of settled near it. And dark brown eyes that are just kind of staring at you. One of his ears has been like cut off at the side as it like if someone's missed during a knife fight. And he's wearing a fairly nice suit. He's kind of leaning one arm on Manasa looking down at you. He's like, hey, Tim. Jim, show our guests to room one. And Tim and Jim are like, okay, boy. <laughs> if you say so, boss. They kind of lead you to a room that, well, it used to be like a furnace room because all of the walls are essentially scorched black. And you can see where the coal dust and the ash and things have become part of the wall. And there's a few rudimentary chairs and a table kind of shoved in there as an afterthought. You can't, there's no windows to the outside in here. Everything is very enclosed, which, you know, means it, it bloody stinks of like burning all the time. And they kind of point you at the chairs and they're like, Baz will be here in a minute. I will go and sit myself down in one of these chairs and just looking around. Once again, as a former military, I'm pretty used to being bossed around, so I follow Ariel. Tim and Jim kind of look at you. They're like, put your pistols on the table, mate. That way you can still see him. No, we ain't taking them. But also, so I know you ain't going to headshot my boss when he walks in the door. I give a very disgruntled look towards whichever one it was, Tim or Jim, but I do begrudgingly pull out both the pistols that I have. I set them both on the table, but I set them so that they were literally just in like hand grabbing position. They kind of looked at, you don't know which one's which because they both replied at the same time to Baz. So you're like, uh, kind of nods in approval. All right. You stay here, Tim. I'll get the boss. Tim kind of parks himself in front of the door. Beefy boy blocking the way. He steadfastly refuses to make conversation with you. Just stare at him, just like this. Trying to see if he'll say anything. Staring contest in ten so far. Staring contest in Zoom. <laughs> this is what this is. Yes, Mariel, just Mariella. I've forgotten my own character's name at this point. This is really good, Kerry. Wake M. up. Dizzle. <laughs> M Dizzle has a staring contest with the mountain man. Mariella's like, come at me. Crowley's definitely sizing up the room to see if there's any other exits or anything like that in this room. As far as you can tell, these 
These walls are solid. They're solid, like double layer stone. Made to try and keep the heat in. And they're fairly well maintained. Probably helped by the layer of ash just kind of being a guard. But there's only one door in and there's no windows in here. They've definitely picked it for a reason. I would whisper, well, I don't think we're being watched besides by the big dumb one there in front of us. So whatever's going on, I don't think this is, I think he just wants to meet with us. It's probable. I'm saying this all very quietly. Oh yeah, I was definitely whispering too, just the, the lean in whisper. Trying to match Crowley's volume. I was just sit stare down from Holy <laughs> Boy in the corner. I suppose they chose such a room for a reason. It'd be easy to feel threatened in a place like this. At this point, the door kind of swings open, mildly hitting. Hitting him in the back of the head, but hey ho, Tim's being too worse. Baz strides in with a very. You know, like people who are all elbows? This woman is all elbows. She's a very sharp face, kind of gangly limbs. A very intelligent, like almost ruthless look in her eye. She's got like dark green eyes and black hair. She keeps it up in a ponytail. And she's got like the fighters like tape round her knuckles. But is mostly just stood there in generic shirt and trousers. With solid boots. She's not very fancy. Baz walks in with her in tow. And they both kind of settle into chairs opposite you. And the woman, like, looks at Baz, almost for, like, permission. He kind of gives her a nod. She turns to the pair of you. You lot ain't from here, are you? Or at least you're not used to how it works. <laughs> you're both just making faces at each other. Well, doesn't everybody have to start somewhere? Yeah. Everyone knows, even the little kids running around the street knows. If you in Crowsfoot, you pay tribute to the lamp lamp. It's our turn. You don't just stroll in and set up whatever the hell you're doing without paying tribute. If you're going to be running some sort of business, you've got to pay the protection fee or bad shit's gonna happen to you. Protection fee? Well, let me put it this way. Our boys, like Tim and Jimmy, they could make sure you know burglars don't try and get in and get your stuff. People don't come in and cut your throat while you sleep. Or they could smash your windows in along with your skulls. You get me? See, Mariella just kind of raise an eyebrow, but she doesn't say anything to that. Listen, you clearly are a woman of intelligence, and I would assume some, you know, I wouldn't say mercy, 
would be the word I would be looking for. But the word that I'm trying to find would be, I guess, the ability to spot talent. Now, I can see that your men there seem to be quite good at, as you say, smashing in a skull. But how are they at communicating with a skull? And really what I'm saying is there, we don't want to pay you, let's be honest about that, but we would love to work with you. Is there something we could do for you to, you know, maybe make this go away? You seem to be a reasonable woman. The woman does look like she's about to launch across the table at you, but Baz kind of lays a hand on her shoulder and addresses you. So you don't want to pay the protection fee. Fine. But if you're going to be running a business like Black Lotus in my turf, there's going to have to be some sort of arrangement. If I give you special treatment, everyone will want it, and then I'll go out of business. So what can you offer me that will make me more willing to allow you to set up your little jobs without any interference? Well, what do you need done? Maybe a piece taken off the board? It's interesting you say that. How knowledgeable are you of the gangs here in Crowsfoot? You clearly must be aware of the recent murder. I've heard of it. I won't lie to you. This is my first foray into the dark underworld. Well, everyone has to start somewhere, as your charming young lady said. It's Crowley and Mariella, I believe. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. If I am, then I need to talk to some of my agents. And then you have your two compatriots. A Professor Marshall, I believe. Apparently some of my men studied him. And a Riley. Oh, the blue coats do not like her. You certainly have an interesting group of talent. I can give you that. Which does mean. Yes, I could. We could see a way for you to remove a piece from the board, as it were. But, how do I know that you won't just run to said piece and rat me out? Spring a reverse trap on you. I need some guarantee of loyalty. Well, let's be honest. You're the first one that reached out to us in such a wonderful manner. So, as they say, first come, first serve, right? He kind of looks. He looks at the woman. They exchange, like, they have, like, that telepathic conversation. Where they kind of raise eyebrows at each other. There's a moment, there's like a flash of potential, is the easiest way to phrase it. And he stands from his chair and he's like, Pickett is going to give you a chance. Pickett is going to give you an opportunity. If you do this, then we will, I will sign an official contract, relieving you from protection fee slash any, and I will ensure that my men don't interfere with your smuggling operation. Oxley wasn't very subtle when asking around, I'm afraid. 
mainly because he used to work for me, so half his contacts are my contacts. You do this, you do this one job, that contract will be signed in exchange for my continued assistance and avoiding the fee. You will take a piece off the board, as it were. It's a lot easier to take a piece out if you use an external party. So it's not going to be easy. But if you're willing, I would like you to remove a dear friend of mine from her position. I'll be in touch. And he kind of he strides out. He it's kind of creepy the fact that he essentially glides. He's that confident that no one will touch him. Just kind of like crime boss out. And Jim follows him. But Tim Tim stays. And the woman now you know is Pickett kind of stretches in place and then looks at you and goes Alright. Baz is Baz is a giving man. He's willing to give chances to people even if they ain't part of the crew. Which, you know, I respect. It gets gets us to different places. It gets us to opportunities we may not get otherwise. But I ain't his second in command for no reason. So I'm gonna give you this job. And even if you do succeed and you do carry on with the plan and we get this contract in place, I'm going to be watching you. And if you put one toe towards putting the lamp black site in trouble, we will come down on you like a ton of bricks. Capiche? Capiche? Why is Capiche the calling part of this series? If it kind of gestures over and is like, and kind of shoves her chair a bit further in and lays out a map of it's near where it's by the it's by the railway it's, a, it's one of the railway stations but it's one in disuse at the moment because there's less leviathan ships coming in at the moment so there's less use of trains going to the provinces okay we ain't the you ain't the only ones we ain't the only ones who set up an interest in black lotus red sashes as much as their main focus is combat they like to dip their toe in the drug and recently they've started getting a little bit cocky that their supply is suddenly so much purer than ours since you're going to be setting up your own stuff what we want is for you to go in find their supply box be really obvious it's just going to be a big ass bloody shipping container really and I want you to wreck it I want you to taint it in a way that means that yeah, they'll get it to market and everything. But it ain't gonna go well for anyone who smokes it. That'll tank their drug sales. That'll also leave a gap in the market for you lot to take over. I don't care particularly how you do this. 
as long as the product itself ain't destroyed before it can be sold. Try not to murder too many people. Mainly because it'll bring the spirit wardens down on you. But hey, welcome to crime. You're welcome to use this room to plan. I got work to do. Which includes you, Tim, getting your arse in gear. Kind of shoves Tim out the door. You are left in the room with the map. The door is left open. It's not like you're locked in or anything. Oh, poor Tim. Sad Tim and Jim noises. So do we know much about this railway station? Do you know much about this railway station? I can't believe I would, would I? Unless you're particularly acquainted with the rail japs, no. No, it's not really my area of expertise. Well, I am a scout hound, and it does say I do get a plus one to any effect when gathering info to discover a location of target. Well, it's almost like I target these things to people. What? You are welcome. Basically, we're... It's like a build-up to a heist. So you can do what you need to prep for this. Then we'll launch straight in. So you can do a bit of info gathering now. And then when you think you have a route in, we'll launch straight into it. So if you want to try and talk to people, if you want to go scope out the area yourself. Um, I feel like I could probably find and go talk to my spy contact who might know about their shipping stuff or at least what was up, maybe how to get into that area. Uh, we gotta figure out a way to also paint the drugs though so that they won't notice that they're tainted. So I don't know if you got something for that. Uh, God damn it, I knew I should have picked the chemist as my friend. You can have more than one friend. Genuinely, don't think I've got anything that's of any use. You can probably. The main thing is, even if you don't know people, as a spider, you can. People are more likely to tell you things. So if you can get into the right place, you can just kind of talk it out of them. The benefit of having two dots in consort, so you're just there like, lol. If you want to gather info, what do you mean by spy contact? Uh, my contact, my friend, uh, Valeris, who is a yeah, spy. Yeah, the gambler gunrunner. Yeah, a spy. I don't know who their intelligence goes to, but I, they know a lot of people. Let's see if Valeris is sober this time. Yeah, last time they were real fucked up when I saw them. Last time they were so Yeah, you can... I'll say you and Mariella go together, just because... The, the gambling dens he tends to frequent is not the kind of place you want to go by yourself. Even with your gambling problem. I'm like Norm from Cheers here. I walk in and everyone's like, Crowley! And then they're like, pretty lady! like wait no we have to respect her <laughs> awkward panic 
No, Velarus is... He doesn't look drunk right now. He actually looks kind of sober. He's currently glaring at a whiskey bar. As if it owes him money. Uh, Valeris? Feeling a little better than the last time we talked? I haven't talked to you in weeks. Yeah, I kind of figured you were going to say that. Had a bad day at the tables, huh? Well, first of all, if you want, I want to buy you a drink there, buddy. You only buy me a drink when you want something, Carly. So just get to it. That, you know, takes all the fun. Fine. What do you know about the Red Sash's uh, stock down at the rail yards? What's in it for me? Well, it uh, could be a long-standing friendship which could result in some extra gambling money for you if this goes right. You don't, you don't fuck with the Red Sash. Let me worry about what I'm gonna be fucking with, Polaris. Just, do you know something or not? Yeah, I know something, but whether I want them to come after me and gut me, I'm telling you, is another question. Polaris, have I ever let you down in all these years that we've known each other? I've helped you Would out you of like scrapes. Me to answer that? Hey. I'm the one who made sure your ass didn't get taken by the military. I've helped you out a few times myself. I don't, I don't need this. It's not a one-sided friendship here, Valerius. I don't say you can only to vote. I know you have a dot and cat. I do. So you can probably try and phrase it as a command to get him to do as he's fucking told. Right. So I get to roll one die. One dot. That's a solid three. Kind of focus his head slightly. You say this ain't a one-sided friendship. But how many times have I bailed you out of debt? You got rotten luck at cards, and you keep wasting your money. We go back and forth with favors. At this point, you owe me a favor. Never mind, I owe you a favor. I ain't getting killed by the red sashes for you. If I wanted that, I would have stayed in the war. Valerius, I'm telling you right now, this this is the one. This this is the this is the favor that will pay you back tenfold if you just can give me this little piece. Okay, I'm gonna suggest. Mariella, you are stood here, you are stood next to this, kind of watching as he essentially goes, please no, please no, please no, please no. That's what's going on currently. He's not really getting anywhere, but you do see like, he fl- his eyes flick over to you every so often out of curiosity more than anything. So you're welcome to try and engage him in conversation. You're welcome to provide 
give a Blade's version of the help action, if you want. Which would give him an extra dice to his roll. Or you're welcome to fuck off and go look elsewhere around this gambling den. Um, I'll take the option that might actually be useful. I'll do the Blade's version of the help action. Okay. So how Blade's, Blades work with this is when you're in a situation, you can be like, okay, I want... Say someone wants to jump over a wall. You can have someone else give them a hand. And the person giving the help takes one stress and the other person gets an extra die to use which in blades is you know another 50 percent of being mm. able to do anything you know we so, can't do anything with this mystical chairman so i color in one of my little stress boxes if i yes. do this so you now have two stress God, I wish I was this unstressed. Alright, so I get to roll one more die? Yes, you get an extra die. You are in a more risky position for this. Are they both ones, Chad? Maybe. Crowley just lost a friend. Oh no. I don't know why I roll so bad in this game. This. But it will cost you stress. Oh, I, I I need to resist this here. Okay. Because otherwise it would be you'd probably lose him at the point of contact. Yeah, I, I, I need Valeris to not hate me. Alright, how many stress am I taking? Insight. So how many five insight? Then insight. I have three dots overall. So roll three. Roll three die. Two threes and a two. So we take the three. So six minus three. So you take three stress. Hey, look, I'm right back to where I was. That reduces the severity of the outcome. So, Velos kind of looks at you. He's like, Crowley, you're my friend. You clearly have good company. But I ain't fucking with the red slashes for you, alright? I'll see you at next poker night. Just piss off, alright? I'll look at the bartender and I go, put his next drink on my tab. He's slightly, the like man in like his late 50s with really callous hands is like cleaning a mug and he's like, all right. Crowley Pat. You're not sure what he's writing on like this. I'll see you next week, Valerius. Remember, you're bringing the whiskey next week. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm on it. I kind of lead uh, Mariel and myself away from Valeris. Well, that went sideways quick. Uh, usually he's, I don't know, he must be having a bad day or something. Usually he's not such a dick. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Mariel is just there like that was not impressive. Uh, with that, uh, I guess I'm going the old-fashioned way. And can I just go and like try and scout the outskirts of the rail yard? Um, you can you can do that. Give me a hunt. I'm gonna. Hey, suggest, I got two dots in that. I'm gonna suggest something to Mariello. You have the weaving the web ability, don't you? Uh, yes. You get an extra die to consult when you gather information on a target for a sport. Which in this case, it would be whoever's in charge of this railway yard. So if Crowley can find out who's running it, mm. like scouting around, you can get exact information on what's going on. Uh, as I said, I got two dots in hunt, so I rolled two die and I got a three and a four. My highest number yet. We at least get a success there. Success with a complication. You kind of... Crowley kind of leaves you, Mariella, kind of stood on... You basically just stood on a hill, kind of overlooking this train yard. You see Crowley kind of like crouch down and start being like sneaky man. You know, he looks a bit dumb, honestly. <laughs> and he's crab walking the entire way and you're not sure why. Like, what it works in the military. It's harder to hit me. We're not trying to hit you. But he kind of sneaks along. And he's pretty stealthy. He gets to the middle point. And he kind of, you see him like scan around. And he locks onto a small building. It's, oh, I'm trying to think of the term for it. You know, like those temporary buildings that you yes. kind of put up during like building work. There's a term for them, and I can't remember it, mainly because we always called the class, my school, we had one of those things that were set up for like several years They're like pods and, and because of the um because of the bars on the windows we just called it prison we're like oh yeah we're in prison room three is it like the porter cabin things yes porter cabin thank you <laughs> prison room three no, you, you find the main porter cabin that you're pretty sure is working as the foreman of this railway yard's office. And you kind of skirt your way up. You kind of peer through the window. And it's very much just creepy eyes in the window, like... <laughs> and there's no one in there right now. It's There's like a cabinet. There's like a filing 
whole bunch of files, some random tools that have been left over, some blueprints of the train tracks and the train routes. And you can see what looks like an ID badge. You kind of have to squint to be able to see. And you kind of, you spot the name and it's like, oh. But it belongs to a Robin Deckel. You don't recognize the name as a family name, right? You're like, they look important. However, you are kind of awkwardly crouched on a set of barrels outside a window of a railway station you're not really meant to be in, and you hear what sounds like a dog barking, and you realize it is a dog barking coming. Uh, with that, I would like to try and stealth my ass out of here for that information. Give me a prowl, then. Ha That's another one I actually have dots in. This is the episode like I, where Chad actually does what he's meant to do. Chad figured out what he was supposed to be doing. Hey, that's a three and a five, so I'll take that five. Moving on up, moving on up. Okay, I'm gonna say first with the complication. You make it out fine. But I will say you what kind of stuff like general knickknacks do you carry on Uh at all times I would have four things or three things I always have are my two pistols my spyglass, and then my small bandolier of anti-ghost rounds. One of the anti-ghost rounds slips out of your bandolier. Shitballs. So you still have the others, but... Yes, that's a good resource. You're like, ah, shit. Those are not cheap. Yeah. Down to seven. Meanwhile, Mariella stood on a hill like a queen. Just watch you, you scrabble up the muddy hill like... Ugh. Right. Well. I, I couldn't figure out exactly where the box was, but I got the information on who the foreman is. So it's a, a Robin Deckel. I don't know how we could use that. Maybe you could go in and schmooze your way through. Okay, well, that's, that's a start. Given your background, Mariana, you know a lot of, like, the working class population. So you can probably, if you give me a console roll, and you'd get a plus, you get an additional die to that. Because of your ability. And see what your, you know, compatriots know about this Robin Decker. Um, how many dice is that then? Because I've already got two dots in it. So you get three. Ah, uh, that's too much responsibility. <laughs> too much. I know, it's so weird going from like 68 and then you're like, oh my god, I have a third dice. Christmas has come early. Got a three, a four, and a six. Take the six. Full on success. Thank you, white and gold dice. 
All hail the holy dice. Holy dice have come through. Needed it. Mariella kind of deposits you, Crowley, in a fairly run-down tavern in Crowsfoot and kind of goes off to a corner booth and you see like a steady stream of people, various various servants, butlers, cooks, all sorts of the regular folk, mail carriers, miners, just come in and out and have like a quick chat with her or will like notice her and say hello on their way past. She's very well connected. And she spends about 10 minutes solidly talking to a fairly, he's about 19. 19 year old dark skinned young man with decent biceps on him, who seems to be some kind of construction worker. And what you get from this, Mariella, is that this young man, who's gonna call James, I'm unimaginative, actually built, helped build the containment unit that the Red Slash's suppliers kept in. And he knows it's kept. It is padlocked shut. But there is. The key is kept in the foreman's office. In the top drawer. And the. As much as. As much as the Red Slashes are scary in combat, they're fairly cheap when it comes to hiring security. So, you know, as long as you're smart about it, you can schmooze or sneak your way in fairly easily. So I'm just writing all this down quickly. And then he goes and eats, I don't know, his mashed potato or something. You do you, James. All right. So we have our entry. We can just stealth our way in. Uh, we know where the key is. We know where the box is. Now we just need a way to contaminate the drugs. Do we know, like, is it so? Do we know what Black Lotus looks like? We saw it, right? Black Lotus in its solid form before it gets smoked is kind of crushed black purplish flowers that have been imbued with the reviving blood, like, essentially. So it's right. Imagine like a box of spices. That's what it would look like in that form. Uh, well, I assume since this is kind of steampunky, that Sarah would probably have a pretty serious rat problem. There, <laughs> any place we could get some like dried rat poisoning, just to dump on in there. But with that, also nothing... appearance. But sorry. Well, I mean, rat poisoning is usually just kind of powdery form so if it was a black and purple like flowers i don't think you'd really notice it it would kind of just all blend together the white powder of the rat poison would just kind of take on the dark hue sorry off the top of my head i don't know any poisons that are purple how, how dare you for soon i'm gonna say you don't know where any is right now but yes, those kind of railway yards would have rat problems, so there is a chance you could find some there. 
or during the heist if you don't think it's going to be possible to get to it you can call a flashback from this i think we have we're coming up on an engagement role now so i need to know how you are getting in first what kind of is this an assault is this a deception being stealthy are you summoning satan i mean as tempting as it is to summon satan Gary, no. Gary, yes. I think stealth is probably the best approach here. Probably got either either stealth or deception, depending on how you want to go. Kind of like a combo, but I I think stealth is more the. Unless, Carrie, you want to deceive this foreman into just letting us poison this drugs. Thank you. Want to buy some drugs? Is it a possibility to try and stealth our way through and then bullshit if we get caught? Or something? It's always a possibility. I mean, I clapped at someone last time. This is true, you did. It worked out in the end. My only other thought is if we wanted to go full on assault, we could destroy some other stuff but leave the supply alone so that they think that the assault was there for something totally different and they have no reason to check the supply. Just a third quick thought I had. Hmm. I do think stealth is our best option though. If we're doing stealth, I need to know the point of infiltration. So where are you entering from? Where did I sneak in before? You went down the hill and kind of hopped a fence. I feel like it worked once. Back fence, yeah, I don't feel like they would have upped their security massively since the last time they didn't. We didn't get caught, so it's supposed to be cheap with security. I mean, it's simple, but sometimes that's the best way to do it. It's the kiss rule: keep it simple, stupid. Okay. Okay. So engagement roll. You get one dice for sheer luck. Is this operation particularly bold or daring? I'd say so. I'd say we're taking out the Red Sash's supply. Taking out a player. Yeah, you're pissing off an entire gang. Oh, yeah. 
Is it overly complex or contingent? No, it's quite simple. Does it expose a vulnerability? No. Is it strongest against this approach? No. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight? They already have. James has given you an extra die. Because you can't know exactly what you're looking for. Or pale James. They are a high tier target, but the location means that that doesn't impact you. So you get three. Three delicious dice. That's a good thing? <laughs> yes. It means you're more likely to get a four, five, or six, but God knows. The gods of clacking boys aren't always generous. Hey, one of those is a six. Yay! Yeah, but three and five and a six. Thank God. So we take. We take the six. We ignore everything else. We cast it aside. You you hop between the pair of you, you hop the fence for little issue. It's kind of it's one of those fences that you're pretty sure they meant to add a second layer to, but they forgot, so it's just kind of a hurdle more than anything. Like the badges could get in. Are there badges in this world? I haven't decided. It's a question for another time. Oh no. Get over the fence, fine. And you are both crouched near the foreman's office now. You can see there's like a few candles that have been lit inside the office. Because by this point, I'm assuming you went in at like night and not in broad daylight because I'm assuming you're not idiots. We don't have the professor with us. Exactly. I I have to ask them what time of day they go. (laughs) I look forward to that future, Caitlin. Sorry, Matt. (laughs) Not very. You're crouched. You can see there's lights on in there. You can only really see one shadow, so you think he's by himself. But you know the key is in there. No guard patrols have have really come your way. They kind of they skirt round the foreman's office more than anything. But you see about one pair of guards every five minutes or so. How would you like to approach this? At any point, you can call a flashback as well. To if you think of something that could have been useful to plan. But obviously, with blades, we don't plan. We just kind of hurl ourselves into the void. Oh, we didn't dis- define what our load was either. Load. Light, normal, or heavy? Uh, I always go normal. Normal for you? I probably take normal as well. Okay, you both have five bits of load to use. All right, so you said the guards, like the sentry guards, come around about every five minutes. Yeah, so you have time, and they don't really come up close. So as long as you're not, like, stood in the bright light, like, look at me! Yes. As long as you're not praising the sun, you'll be fine. Alright, I thought of something, so I'd like to call flashback right away. Um, And in getting prepared before we came for this mission, I would like to have found some, like, chloroform. Which I feel would be a pretty simple thing to find in a degenerate area. It is a degenerate area. I'm gonna say you can have that one for free. Oh, that's a no stress. That's yeah. There's a lot of chloroform. Uh, yes, right, Mariella, be concerned. Uh, then, with a chloroform-soaked rag ready, 
I would like to uh, go like to the side of the foreman's door and I would like to knock, but then like go to the side so he can't like see. Okay. Mariella, what are you doing whilst Crowley prepares to drug a bitch? That's a good question. <laughs> question you weren't expecting to be asked today. Basically, I'm asking, are you helping Crowley with this or are you going to stay hidden and let him deal with this? Don't think if there's anything I can do to help. What actually can I do? You don't need to, like, religiously use what's on your sheet. It's all in the imagination. It's a perfectly reasonable thing to stay hidden behind this this barrel. And then act if something goes tits up. I mean, I guess it draws less of a crowd if there's not bunches of people on the doorstep like, haha. Uh. Silly pose optional. That's fine. I'm guessing that when he comes to the door, you want to grab him and drug him. Yeah. I I would assume that being that he's not really expecting anything wrong, that he would probably come out a little bit to like look around and see what it was. And then I want to, yeah, finesse him and grab him. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Jesus, that's sinister. Sleep. Sleep. It'll all be better when you wake up. Don't worry about it, buddy. Okay, yeah, he he's dumb. He kind of like opens the door, strides out, the looks. Like he's a fairly mousy kind of guy. He's definitely in this position through connection rather than through merit. Kind of looks around. He's like, huh, I wonder what that noise was. And he kind of leans, looking around. And I need a finesse roll. All right, I got one die in this. Do you have two in anything else? I got two in prowl. Can you convince me it's a prowl roll? Because I will I mean, basically I will let you roll prowl or any skill as long as you can convince me that it's feasible. I mean, I am stealthily like this is like a prowling panther in the night. I'm like in the shadows, so I am prowling to come out at him. Go on then. I mean, you know I need them. Like these dies have not been kind to me. That is a six and a two. There we so. go. Go to sleep. Just... Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Mariella, you're mildly disturbed by this, as you watch Crowley, who's been fairly decent thus far, kind of appear behind a man like a looming creature of the night. Put some drugs over him and just kind of hushes him lays him down slowly and you're like hmm that's horrifying do I want anything to do with that I mean kinda because that was kinda cool at the same time at the same time stay away from me Uh, and then I'd like to drag him back into the foreman's shack okay sure Can't, can't leave bodies out drag, on the ground. Should we just watch? Are you going to help him drag or are you just going to watch? Something I can do. I will help drag. Kind of pick up the feet gingerly and I like, Ew. And you're both in a foreman's office now with a sleepy foreman on the floor. He's currently laying face down for some reason. Okay, where did your... What did that kid say the key was for the lock? 
if what I've been told is right, it should be here. Can I go and open the top drawer? Yep, there is a big silver key in it. This look like the right thing to you? Oh, I mean, it looks like as much a key as any other key I've seen. What else is in this drawer? There's a few bits of paper with what look like there's a couple pay slips, there's a couple there's a couple termination notices. Mm, there's like a spare a, pot of ink. That's unfortunate. Looks at people's future in a drawer. Shut straw. <laughs> Are they paid well? No. Oh. That makes it even worse. I'm gonna shut the drawer now. <laughs> oh no. I don't want to look at this. Are you doing anything else in here, the pair of you? Uh, I don't. I don't want to do anything else. I want to leave as little evidence that we were here as possible. Okay. Are you leaving him on the floor? Maybe maybe move him behind the desk so if somebody looks in the window, they don't immediately see a man just planking on the floor. Is there a chair in here? There's, there's like the desk chair, and there is like one as if someone was at a meeting. Next question, is there any rope in here? Pinky bastard. <laughs> no, there's no rope in here. Uh, but you can mark it off your load if you want to bring rope. Yeah, yeah, I'll say I, I, I brought some rope with me. It'll only cost you one, because I'm not that mean. All right. Uh, with that, I'd like to prop him up in the chair. Okay. And how is he, like, like, is he, like, he's dead weight, obviously, because he's asleep. But is the office chair such that I can make it seem like he's just sitting there? Or is he just going to slump over every time? He's like, like one of those weighted dolls that just kind of go... Okay. Then, as I am a a military man. I would have learned some things about knots and such. And thus, I would like to use my rope to tie a slip knot, just basically a fallaway knot, like, and like hook it around like his chest. And then I would like to take the other end and I would like to tie it to the doorknob so that as I close the door, it will uh, pull him up so that he's just sitting there. But then later, when he actually goes to move, the rope will just fall. And so it'll just be like, why is there a rope on the ground? What the hell happened here? And I'll just be very confused. Okay, Crowley's with BDSM time. Okay. Skills, you just you know, sometimes you don't know when they're going to come into play. It's probably a finesse. I'll take it. We're going to roll this red die. It's been doing well for me. Wait. Dose. <laughs> okay, you tie the knot, you tie it round him, and you tie it to the door, and you both kind of glance over the scene. Unless there's anything else Mariella wants to do in here. Nope. And you pull the door shut quietly. And then you both just kind of hear a thud. Peering through the side window, you just see he's now face down. Like, half his cheek is just in an inkwell. 
Is he wearing a jacket? Yes. Okay, so kind of weird idea. Go in there, take off his jacket, tie the rope around his arms, like in sort of a harness, tie it to the chair, but so that it's kind of going down, tie into the base of the chair, and pull it up over, and then try and put the jacket on over the top of it. So he's basically anchored to the chair, but it's not visible because of the jacket. Okay, I'm going to start a clock called Man Wakes Up. I mean, if this doesn't work, just leave it. Well, I kind of wanted to be able to put the key back as well, but if we can in the end do that, that's okay. I mean, or we could just arrange him so it looks like he's having a desk nap. I think we're wasting too much time fucking around with this guy and we're going to get caught because of it. Okay, he's having a desk nap. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, have, so, and we know where the container is kept. Can we begin to make our way towards that? Yes. I'm gonna say this is gonna be a prowl from the both of you. I don't, Kerry, do you have anything in prowl? Nope. So I'm gonna suggest we do this as a group action. So you're both going to roll Prowl, and we will take the highest result from from all of it to count as the whole group. But if you get a fail, or if Chad gets a fail, then Crowley, you, one of you will have to take the lead on it. Whoever takes the, take lead the lead on, lead it, on it will take stress if, if the other people fail. But So if I don't have any dots, how many dice is it again? So it's disadvantage. Oh no, I don't like this. Yeah, but if Crowley succeeds, then you both succeed. It's just... Got a five. Two threes. Okay, that is a fail. Fuck. That's That's a fail for you, so it's just he takes stress. But a five is a partial success for the pair of you, so... You're doing great. Group action. Yeah, you only take one stress for a three. Right. So, you know... You both kind of creep along. Mariella's like, this is weird. <laughs> kind of. I'm going to say for your complication, it takes a bit longer than you'd like. So I'm going to mark off another segment of this clock. I thought we knew where this fucking drug box was. This place is much more confusing than I thought it was. It looks so much smaller from up on the hill. I am going to kill Valeris for not helping me out on this, I swear to God. I'll buy you a drink for afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Not I'll help you hide the body or anything, just... (laughs) You get to... It's... A silver, well, it looks kind of silver. It's basically, it's it's iron that's kind of shiny container that's it's about, it's the size of a standard shipping container. So it's pretty big with a big solid padlock and like triple chains going through it. Kind of just stood in front of you. 
There aren't any guards here at the moment. Because you have a feeling anyone who gets near would get yelled at. So we need to be in and out of this as quickly as possible then. Oh. Slip in and slip out of here. So is it literally just stood there? (laughs) There's several other shipping containers. And they're lined up. You know, like trains that move goods. Yeah. Like the logs and things. It's very much like these... It's... there's a couple cranes and they'll be loaded onto the carriage. Yeah. So they have like the big hook on the top. But they're all sat in one place for now. All right. Well, you grab the key. So let's get this unlocked and get in there and fuck this shit up and get out. Let's go. Those... Time to do some unlocking. <laughs> it's a key. It's fine. You put key in, you turn key. I have knowledge of how to use key. Uh, I'd like to do a quick survey before we actually head into the container to make sure there's no guards directly like heading this way at this time, like just to make sure we're clear for at least a few minutes of debauchery. Survey then. Survey says? Survey says? That's a one! Crowley even open his mouth. Basically, Crowley, like... Mariela's like deftly like turns the lock, lowers the padlock and chains to the ground quietly, creaks the door, and Crowley kind of stands up from where he was crouched and just steps into the light and is like, where are the guards? Just stood in the middle of fucking nowhere. What are you doing? I was looking for the guards. I think they're going to see that, like you before you see them. Oh shit, sorry, sorry. They don't see you. Because they both roll fucking once. They walk into another shipping container, go ow, and then continue walking. You can see Mariella's face at the moment. You can just see it like the bruh text above her head. Am I involved in this? Hang on, let me turn over the fancy place. Both get into the shipping container. Inside, it's, I mean, it's a shipping container. It's filled with, there's about six boxes six crates about the size you're like a standard moving box yeah like that seen plenty of them in my life (laughs) till I moved house recently (laughs) my friend's like box there's about six of them kind of stacked together and like there's some equipment kind of in the corner and things but it's mostly just these boxes you aren't sure which one is the Black Lotus. Don't really have. Uh, do we have the time to just like methodically go through them? As far as you know, you can. I mean, they're not going to look into the containers. We want to do this without leaving any trace that we are actually here, though. And do we have the rat poison? I got this chloroform. <laughs> I mean, would that work? Well. I think smoking chloroform might probably kill someone. I mean, smoking black lotus certainly kills people. I mean, I don't know. I've never smoked black lotus or chloroform. <laughs> Damn it. Lived a very sheltered life like that. Alright, so we have the six crates. We need to get into the crate. Can we try and open? Can I try and open one of the crates like as carefully as possible? Okay, I'm assuming. Is it like a 
uh, wooden box. Uh, what kind of like boxes are these? They're like wooden crates. Okay, so then, uh, screw it. I will mark off a, another piece of load. Can I say I have a crowbar? Yes. Like I feel like that's Matt's something. Matt's not here. That... We're allowed to say the word crowbar. <laughs> Matt crashes through the wall, holding a crowbar. Oh yeah! <laughs> Did somebody call for shovels? Uh, so I'd like to take the crowbar and like carefully try and pop like the lid of one of these crates. Yep, just yeah. I'll give you the first one for free. Why not? The first one contains just sacks of grain, and they're like all neatly stacked together. And it just appears to be grain. It doesn't smell like drug. Wow, Caitlin, that's articulate. No smell like drug. No smell like drug. <laughs> no bad. Uh, all right, I'd like to replace the um, lid then, so that it doesn't look like it was. And then I would like to scout to see if I can smell any of uh, the smell drug. Smell drug. Go full on drug dog. Okay. Uh, what would this be? A hunt? Since I'm hunting for drugs? Sure, but I'm gonna say you have a reduced effect because, you know, you ain't a sniffer dog. That's right. I got I got two dots in hunt, and then I get a plus one to anything that I roll because of my... Because this is our target, right? I'll allow it. Ha! So that is a five and a one. That means that's a six and a two. Is it you add one or is it you have an additional die? It's an add one to the effect. This one is. My other one's an add a whole die. Mine's a plus one to the effect. Plus one effect. Plus one effect. So this is plus one effect. So it's it's not you're adding one to the die. It's you're moving from a reduced position to control. So, you smell drug. You're like, I smell the drug. Ariella continues to be creeped out by you. Just kind of, sort of keeping watch at the moment. Keeping watch, hears weird sniffing noises. Continues keeping watch. Does not turn around. Do not pass go, do not collect 200 pounds. There be drugs in this container. <laughs> there are two containers that you narrow down to. That is what your partial success is. Containers right. three uh, and six. Uh, let's go. I will open container three. There's a whole lot of bottles, like jars, essentially. Just carefully they, stacked and kind of wrapped. Are they empty? Can I see into them? As far as you can tell, they're empty. Can I remove one of these said jars? Yeah, you can pick it up. It's very cold. Can I... Like, did they spin the drugs into glass? Like, is that possible? I don't know how viable Black Lotus is as... Because, I mean, they could do that Black with, like, Lotus cocaine and shit. Black Lotus is not sand, so... Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's this one. I'm gonna put the glass jar back carefully so I don't break it. 
And uh, then I'm going to, I'm gonna actually leave this box open for now. And I'm gonna go open box six. It drugs. It's basically a whole bunch of like dried leaves and then mingled together. And it's, as far as I know, none of you have smoked black lotus before, but it's like a heady mix of the smell of a bonfire mixed with like wet autumn leaves mixed with like the underground the like the earth after raining that's quite appealing yeah it is that's part of the danger danger all right i found the i found the drugs okay um what what's the next step still just kind of peeking out well, we need to poison them and leave them here so they sell them. And so, are we actually going with the idea of putting the chloroform on them? Because I don't think we've got any rat poison. We'll also flag that I believe either of you can either of you can mark off like having like a flask of something if you want to go with the liquid. Either of you can just say, yeah, I have some whiskey. Yeah, I have some beer. I have a flask full of poison. No, you can't have a flask full of rat poison. Oh. I draw the line. What if I want to drink rat poison? Then you need better coping mechanisms. <laughs> no. Hmm. Probably nothing in these other crates. Did you explain that flashback thing? quickly to me again basically at any point during a heist you can call a flashback so if you think of something that would have been useful if you have an idea for a plan but it requires some setup in the past so say Hmm. you needed to break it you needed to get in a window yeah you could say that you'd brought a rope ladder and you'd procured it before or say you knew you were dealing with ghosts you could have, in the past, gone and gotten anti-ghost ammo. It's on my list of people, there's a chemist, and that seems like the sort of place you could get some sort of poison. That's fair. So we'll call a flashback. You want to go ask your chemist friend for stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> stuff and things. Give stuff, please. Something that will make these this drugs inert, but still look viable. So, would even something just like an um, an emetic poison work? Potentially, because that's something you could really get from a chemist, I think. Yeah, so I'm going to say, give me. I'm going to say consort. Give me a consort role because the chemist. I'm going to say you know this chemist that you're not close, but she doesn't hate you. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> You're welcome. That's a... Because I got two dots, it's two dice, isn't it? Yep. It's a six and a six. I'm going to I'm commemorate that's, that. That's what? With nice. our first crit fail, our first crit success. <laughs> got to commemorate that bad boy. <laughs> Imagine, I bet everyone can guess who got which without even listening. <laughs> well, I mean, Alex and Matt aren't here, so it's even harder to tell. <laughs> No, you have you have a good conversation with your chemist friend 
Who? Who introduces you to a couple of her kind of more black market friends. Your chemist friend is a bit more in front of house, if that makes sense. Uh. So she kind of suggests that if you need stuff like this more often, it's worth going to worth going via the back door, as it were. And just But she does give you a She gives you a vial of emetic poison. Okay. That's this clear liquid. It's just thinking because emetic like the poison. the size of lipstick. Yeah. Emetic poison isn't going to outright kill people unless yeah. they take it really bad. Yeah, she's basically given you the perfect, perfect volume because you described roughly what you were intending. Yeah. But without going into too many details. The spider stuff, don't mind me. Yeah, you're going, I need to tamper with something, but. I need to tamper with some supplies, but I don't want to hurt anyone. So, just pull the little lipstick styles vial yeah, out so of my pocket. Take one stress for that flashback. Yep. It's complicated, but not overly. Oh no, Mario was starting to get stressed. Stress gives you wrinkles. <laughs> Mario can't have wrinkles. And. Right. Can I just distribute that over. Yeah. Over drug. You know which one it is now, so you're just like, whoop! Before, before Marielle uh, poisons the lot, can I actually do something real quick? I just thought of it. Okay. Unpoison. Uh, no, it's real, real quick. <laughs> I just, since we're going to be selling this stuff, I would like to actually go over and grab one of those empty glass jars from the box I didn't close yet. And I would like to take some of this. Uh, of their product, as they did say that this is like the best product out there right now. So I want to know why. So you're putting it in this jar. Yeah, taking one of those glass jars. But I just drug a ghost. You don't drug a ghost. You these are spirit bottles. Cool. They are what spirit traffickers and whispers use to essentially trap and allow the transportation of ghosts, whether that's to outside the field, the electromagnetic field, or whether that's to study, or whether that's to release on your enemies. So, how best to describe this? It was an empty one, it's fine. Is it empty? I don't know. Just because <laughs> you can't see ghosts? I'm gonna hope it is. Okay, I need you both to make me a resolve resistance roll. So how many dots do you both have in resolve skills? Oh no. Um why did I write all this in pencil? But one in command. I got the two in console and one in sway. You have four, so you'll be fucking fine. Basically, what's going to happen is this ghost is going to try and possess you, either of you. Ah. I am willing to offer a devil's bargain here, which mean which will mean the ghost won't touch either of you. You'll both pass that thing. You'll just take one stress each just from being spooked by a ghost. But you will have set a ghost loose on this train yard. Uh, what's uh, the com- what? 
is there literally just going to be a spooky ghost wandering around? Or? Well, depending on the ghost, you could have one that just wants to find its family. You could have one that wants to devour the flesh of the living. A ghost snitches, generally speaking. Not really. Mainly because not many people can speak to ghosts. Oh, well, that's helpful. Keep the fucking professor away from this place. But it's... And could cover our exit. This is a good point. Basically, you run the risk of having a ghost attached to your crew, as it were. Ah, the professor can figure that out. We'll deal with that another time. Ah, Okay, I'll take the bargain. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. That's a problem for future, uh, said the professor. He can figure that out. Okay, both of you take one stress, please, as Crowley twists the lid on this and is almost not. You're both almost slammed into the wall of the shipping container, but you both kind of. That will make noise! No! Okay, rude. And you both kind of. You have to blink for a second because this mist kind of swirls out of this bottle and kind of hurls itself past you to the door and you both just hear a scream. Yes, it's kind of blood curdling and yes, it's chilling, but it's also mournful. Oh. As it kind of heads back and out of sight, but you both kind of, you both just kind of have a prickling sensation of just that noise. We should probably hurry up now. Yep. Uh, hurry up now so yeah. <laughs> like to steal the drugs. <laughs> Still going to put the drugs <laughs> in this spirit container because it's empty now, I know. Yep, you have a jar of drugs now. Fantastic. All right. Uh, poison time. I will pour the emetic poison over the drugs. Just shake it up a bit. Get it nice and evenly distributed. <laughs> sure. Sure. Then I'd like to close the box back up. If anything, it'll look like a ghost just maybe one of those seals weren't completely on and that ghost busted the fuck out of here, hopefully. Just make sure I also put the thing back in my pocket, the poison vial. Okay. And you would like to exfiltrate. Yes. Yes. Is there... Would we think we had enough time to drop the key back off? An alarm starts ringing. Fuck. Nope, no time for that. Let's (laughs) go. The clock has reached full and you can hear the distant sound of, what the bloody hell? Time to go. Why is my face covered in ink? Did we have time to lock the container again? I'll say you were locking the container as the alarm started, so you're like, okay. looks up. Oh shit. Time to go. Time to go. Beeline for the fence or okay. the wherever we get out of here. I'm just going to say you get out because I'm nice. Thank you. And also because the guards have all run towards the guy who's weirdly tied up with his face in a well of ink and is yelling about someone telling him it'll all be okay. <laughs> They'll think it's a weird fucking ghost. Letting that ghost go was our best plan that we had the whole time. Blame it all on that ghost. Sure, this won't come back to haunt us. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. 
I love when you're making these puns as you climb over the fence away from me. I just want you to know you look quite bootiful today. No, bin. <laughs> Get in bin. Oh, this has certainly been a scream. I don't know. That last little bit was a little bit chilling. Okay, the the bells start ringing, warning you that the spirit wardens are coming this way. They clearly heard that some humor had died. And they need to deal with this. <laughs> but no, we will say you get away. You have successfully spoiled dem drugs. You have released a ghost on the population. Just add to the list, honestly. There's so fucking many. And you have the start of a potentially fruitful relationship with the lamp blacks. And also a poisonous relationship with the red sashes. What? We're going to call that the heist. Well done. You lived. Game over. Ariel probably still offered to buy Crowley the drink after, even if we don't go and kill someone. Those two go for a drink. Just add it to my notes, released a ghost. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> no, that is the end of this heist. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice and Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't. <laughs>